everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom live from First Pitch, Arizona. Woo! How's everybody doing today? As usual, find me on Twitter at BeautyEntrick and Bloomfield on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? We're good. For, for 1045 on a Friday night, I am usually well in the sack and sleeping at this point. Um, I cheated, though. I took a, I took a nap today. You unlike you, unlike you, who I just, I, I'm honestly... So you just officially turned old. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> Out the gate. You just two weeks ago turned 40 and uh, and did not get the benefit of a nap, and you're going strong. So kudos to you, my friend. Powering through for First Pitch Arizona. That's what we do. Uh, before we get started, we wanted to thank everybody that came to the second annual Bubba and the Bloom Golf Tournament. That was a big success. Doubled the size. Jeff, uh, we got Scott, Roger. Anyone, who was in the tournament? Yeah, raise thank their, you all raise, for raise Scott. Hands. Appreciate y'all. Hastings, thank you. Uh, it's, it's a blast getting to kind of have some fun outside of the uh, the hotel here and seeing where it goes. I'll make the announcement for fun. I don't know if I'm supposed to. The Masons, they bought wiffle balls and wiffle bats. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock at the grass before the derby, we're going to oh, swing it and have some fun. So I know the podcast oh, doesn't no. care, but you guys make it happen. Um, again, the, this show tonight is different than the normal Bub in the Bloom. This is about you guys. So we're going to have some fun in Arizona. And as usual... Ryan has prepared three awesome bloom boards, but they're interactive tonight. There's going to be a couple of missing squares where you guys can shout out, thank you, thank you, <laughs> bloom board, <laughs> bloom board, that's good. Yes, I do draft catchers, thank you, thank yes. you. That's outstanding, you guys are the best, uh, the crowd in the back. But um, it'll be interactive, it'll be fun. Uh, these are kind of boards that we've done throughout the season, uh, stats we like a lot throughout the season, so... Um, we're going to kind of get you guys' interaction there. At the end, we'll do some listener questions if we have time, but let's have some fun here at First Pitch Arizona. Um, one of the stats we like a lot, and Ryan, I can't even tell what stat – oh, ADP here. Um, changes in ADP from 22 to 23. And we always talk about going by biases and is it worth – you know, is the values changes worth going for the drafts? I know Vlad had a great panel at the NFC. Like, should we follow – even November to March noise and stuff like that. How, how should that, uh, the biases take place? So the first board that we're going to talk about tonight, we have hitters and pitchers, ADP. So Bloom, why don't you take it away on that one? I'm going to throw you a curveball before we do that. Oh, even better. Is this co-host? Trivia question number one of the night. So we've got stickers for anyone in the audience. We're who, chilling it out, we're, we're trying to give away everything yeah. we have for audience engagement. Um, we have stickers with this logo. And this logo was born this time last year at First Pitch Arizona. So first trivia question for this crowd. The answer is this person's in the room. Who took this picture yes. of me and Bubba to make the logo of Bubba and the Bloom podcast? Alex Becky. Nope. Oh. Alex Becky, incorrect. Your dad. Nope. It's this guy right here, Vlad Sedler. did not. Vlad Sedler in the front row. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Vlad came through. If you need him on the side, he's a great professional photographer. So go check that no, out. Uh, no subsequent photos of future years. We're all, like I said, Bubba just turned 40. We're all getting old. So we'll, we'll uh, leave I'm, it with your face one. for radio. So Bloomboard time. All right, Bloomboard time. So we're going to make this a little bit interactive, as Bubba said. I'm going to introduce each of these boards and give you all a little bit of context behind why I think they are meaningful. And uh, we'll start with on the hitter side. But what we're looking at here. On the, with the purple with the hitters is ADP changes from, I have already messed up, 2023 to 2024. Um, your left side column, 20, we'll, we'll say 2022 is last year, 2023 is coming up. So these are your biggest faders in terms of ADP, in terms of, and this is one of the, one of the other things that I like to do with these boards when I compare ADP is look at the change in the value of the pick. And what I mean by that is a second rounder falling to a fifth round is a lot more meaningful than a, I don't know, 12th rounder falling to the 18th round, something like that. Because those picks early in the draft are a lot more valuable to your team. So what we're looking at for, well, we're not doing this for the podcast crew. We're doing this for you guys, is uh, who were the two? So we've got two question marks, the top two ADP fallers from uh, this past draft season to the first five drafts of 2024. The first one had an ADP last year of 15. So he was a, I guess, wheel pick, 15-16. Yep. 
and the second one had an ADP of 79. Those two have fallen so far to 82 and 333. We're going to throw this out and, to the and, room. And as Bloomfield said, they're on the top of the list because it's the biggest dramatic like value shift, as you could say. Yep. So in the back, you raise your hand first, Kevin Hastings. What do you got? I think the second one's MJ Wrong. <laughs> Papa Garofalo. Nope. Correct. First Winner. one is Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Fa falling from 15 to 82. He doesn't just cook, 82. everybody. He plays fantasy baseball. <laughs> Mason? Justin Mason gets Tim Anderson. There we the go. One. Manny Machado and Tim Anderson. And you know what's going to be really fun this year is Tim Anderson, where does he really go in drafts? Like, we've talked about it on shows, and you said you, you are interested in the dip kind of. Like, we look at the yearly ADP of 333. That's a definite dip, obviously, from where we were. Yeah. But And the news coming out that he basically played injured for so long, that's going to make it a lot of fun. So that'll be curious going forward. Now, on the pitching side of things, this always escalates quickly. And uh, we already saw one hand come up from somebody that thinks he knows what he's talking about, uh, pitcherlist.com. But um, I can't tell who's uh, – Asher. Also That is not correct. Colette, which one? First one is Alec Manoa. That is correct. I think 448 is too high still. Um, um, Miles. Nope. Nope. I'm going to give uh, Rudy. Nope. Nick. That's correct. I knew you'd know. That's why I was going around in circles for a while. Christian Javier is a fun one, too, because he kind of showed signs of life again in the uh, the postseason that kind of wheeled everybody in last year at this time. I know Willie G knows about it. I remember very clearly walk, you walking up after the World Series started going, well, there goes that value pick in the drafts, and sure enough, it did. So that was fun. Is there anybody else you wanted to highlight on the boards that kind of stood out to you I mean, so far? It's only like We have like five drafts of ADP so far because they're all slow drafts, so it's super early, but that's what we're here in at FPAS to talk about. So, I mean, the only thing I'll show, look, look at this professional production here. Switch over to video. Wow, I haven't play. even seen this before. Like, I, I, I don't he doesn't know what I did to oh prepare for this thing. This, he said he took a nap. <laughs> April 10th, 2023. Are you uh -oh. sure? Is it 2022? Oh, come on. <laughs> So the yeah, it was pretty much since that injury is what you're saying? So, yeah, and it was uh, – I don't know if Jeff Zimmerman's in the room or not. He's at first pitch. Um, mining the news column that he put out recently, he picked up on Tim Anderson basically saying since that play – so he spent, I think, two to three weeks on the IL. Mm -hmm. um, since that play, he, he went on the IL, he got hurt. But he revealed pretty much at the end of the season, it's you know it's like surgery season slash I've been playing hurt all year season, and Tim Anderson, right or wrong, blamed his mostly blamed his down 2023 on the knee, saying it it was not healthy. His MCL was messed up pretty much all year. So I don't know. Like this is a guy who has been a pretty much premier batting average guy. The BABIP's been high, but it's always been high for him. The power, yes, he hit one home run. Scott Jenstad, of course, yes. remembers, uh, reminds us every single week of that. But, like, I don't know about you all in the room, 333 for a guy who, like, has this track record. And if you believe the yeah, kind of injury really pass, hurt, really hurt. yeah, I mean, that's, that's we don't know. Um, to me, 333 seems reasonable. Well, if he was really hurt, and I guarantee you, that's why you draft early if we talk about it, if first week in spring training. We see like a home run. He starts running again. We're gonna start talking about maybe not the old, not you know, ADP of seventy nine, but let's say what one sixty, one fifty. We're gonna be we're gonna be back. Well, everyone's at driveline, so you know, if you if, if yeah. going to driveline is cool, then call me. Oh, sorry, um, but yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. I know there's some. Uh, I know Vlad last night talked about Tyler O'Neill. He's interesting at two eighty three. Yep. You Darvish at 248. I know he had a rough go, but that's – is he hurt? Is he old? Which one is it? There's a lot of questions. So, it'll be fun to see how this keeps fluctuating. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw is going to go off the board pretty soon, unfortunately, with the news we heard um, earlier on Friday about the surgery and hopes to play in 2024. So, that's a shame to 
Hope I don't. I, again, as a Giants fan, I hope he doesn't go out like that. That's just the whole thing. Like I like Kershaw, so that's just a bummer. To he, see. He's putting on a brave face in front no, of you guys. Behind no. the scenes, he. No, I'm kidding. I thought we were friends, Bloomfield. Um, all right, let's do one quick raffle here. We'll start with one of our three special edition. These are, I told you they're funny, goofy things. We got three balls for the FPAS game tonight, so we autographed three baseballs. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> skipping over. We got three balls. I'm not lying. All right, so we're at the, we're at the AFL game tonight, and uh, there's these, like, three nine-year-old kids. Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. That's how I look at They're, it. Every foul ball, they're running around. There's not, I mean, for, for folks that are listening and not at, at first pitch, first, you know, shame on you and all that. But there's not many uh, There's not many fans at some of these games. And so these nine-year-olds were racking up baseballs. And, uh, and we're were trying hungry. to think they of, like, we're trying to think of raffles for tonight. And these kids come by with their, I mean, they're holding a bunch of foul balls. And, and Bubba goes, you know, I want some, I want some balls. You know, name, name your price. And the, and the kid goes ten bucks. I'm like, I said all right, ten bucks per ball. I figured Bubba would say, you know, that's good. I mean, again, the kid's nine. Bubba goes five. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching like, the kids a lesson in economics, people. I'm teaching kids a lesson. Yes, thank you. That's why I love catchers. Hunting for value from like thirty-year-old catchers, but not nine-year-old. Foul ball shaggers at things, so so we did. Uh, we were able to per- procure at a reasonable discount based on child labor. Uh, three foul balls from tonight. Hey, let me clear it up. I for bought two for ten. They were very thankful because they got a pretzel because they were hungry. They got a pretzel and they gave us another ball for free. Yeah, I call that so three thirty three a pop. I call it a heck of a deal. So like, this is how we do things. This is There's really bad. In America, unless you go to F pads, everybody. I think it's we just. I think we just admitted to. To hey, child labor hey, violations hey, you call on a, re- you want, on a recorded podcast. Okay. So. The winner of the raffle prize is number 12, the last two digits. Rudy Gamble. Rudy! Bubba in the Bloom baseball. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Next, we don't We don't board. know if, if Bubba and I autographing the balls increased or decreased the value. Oh, I'm guaranteeing you it decreased. Guaranteeing you it decreased the value. I'm not, yeah, there you go. There you go. Rub it off. Give it to Gray or something. You'll be good. Um, let's talk next bloom board. A, a, a stat we love to talk about on this show, and many people do, but K to walk percentage. It's one of like the go-to pitching metrics that we really, really like. So we look at first half, second half, because you try to see like, you know, who finished well. Is it worth buying into? It's always like we talk about bloom boards, if you're new to the show for some reason, that um, – we talk about bloom boards as like it's an avenue to dig in deeper to guys that might stand out to you. That's kind of it. So looking at the K to walk percentages from the changes from first half to second half, it's kind of a big deal at times because you see these guys jump and some guys we love a lot because we've talked about them on like every show. And then there's other guys that you're like, wow, that came out of nowhere. So the fun one, Bloomfield, do you want to talk uh, positive or negative first? We'll do positive. All right. Let's keep it positive. So we'll start at the top, the two. Biggest gainers in K to walk percentage. Somebody besides Jason Collette, please. <laughs> no. Anybody? Is it the gain or is it what the second half? The first half versus second. So it's not the difference between the two. This is what they were in the second half. So in theory, they gained if they're on green. No, it's the gain. It's the gain. That's not the difference between it. It's the gain. The biggest gainers from first to second. What do you got, Toby? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was okay, Jason, what do you got? Uh, it's sorted by gain. It's sorted the, by game. The top one, I really hate to break it to you, is not Nick Pavetta. The second one is, though. Yeah. yeah. Nope. The top one is a Bubba in the Bloom favorite. One might have called him the ace of a staff. That's, that's not the fan. No, that's not the one. You, Tuma, do you have a guess? Well, if you well, let me see, Ariel. What do you got? Okay, there you go. Fair enough. Because yeah, that's why I told Flav when we left. Like you know, half our bloom board came out of your show already. So, thank you, Ariel. Thank you. So, so th- this is. I'll tell Toby because Toby had a question in the back. This is so Freddie Peralta had the biggest gain from first half to second half of any uh, starting pitcher. So his gain of. I can't do math. Yeah, like, 15, yeah. we'll call it, was, was the biggest of uh, anyone had 30 jump. innings in the half. And he's the ace of the Brewers. He's the ace of the Brewers. 
You're a Brewers fan. Do you agree with me on this one? Quarterboard's getting traded. He's getting traded. He's getting traded. James James Anderson is Team Freddy. So we're we're one and one. For the for the for the for the podcast crowd, Brewers insider slash guru Derek Van Raper questions. Question. Corbin Burns. Many people question my thoughts on fantasy, so it's okay. It's, it's fair. Yes, that's, that's true. It's true yet. <laughs> Freddie Peralta is the only um, starting pitcher in the second half, I believe minimum 30 innings, who had a 30% K-minus walk, which is uh, absolutely absurd. Um, I don't know what his 2024 ADP is at this I, point, I but it's, uh, I think whatever it is, it's probably worth it. It's uh, 55.4. 55.4 right now. Uh, basically, it's 53 to 58. It's right in that range. Everyone's taking them pretty close to the same pick. And honestly, it's the thing with Freddie we talk about. We've seen him have moments, and then he kind of has that injury session, and it kind of brings his value back down, and then he brings it back. It's the old saying you can say with anybody, can we get a full season out of you? It's going to be awesome. Like, we could say that about a million guys. He is one of them, though. He's proven when healthy. He is a beast on the mound. And he, the pitch mix got a little better. I think he added another pitch, like, earlier last year or something or the year before. He threw more changeups. Yeah, that's what yep. I'm saying. Like, I remember yep. he added something else to even make it. Yeah, so it's it, he's becoming a full, full pitcher, which is pretty darn impressive. One thing I wanted to show on uh, Pavetta. So there was a really good presentation at, at First Pitch that just happened, actually. Scott Chu talking about uh, rolling averages and using fan graphs and, 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 and PLV for that as well. Oh, that came up. Terrible, didn't it? Um, oh, look at that. Like, like a pro. Like a pro. Um, so what I like to look at, and to, obviously Toby's in the crowd as well, who has, uh, has made these famous as well. But it'll so I on, wanted to be on your pillow tonight. That's right. Wanted to look at, so yes, there's, there's strikeout minus walk gains and that sort of thing, but I always like to look one level deeper. Um, I know at, at HQ and also, I mean, pretty much everywhere we're, we're, we're validating strikeout gains by using swinging strike rate to see what that, you know, that, what that change of whiffs is. And, and Nick Pavetta's rolling 15-game average is what you're looking at here throughout the 2023 season. Um, and the blue at the bottom here is a swinging strike rate, which was pretty well below average slash pretty terrible early in the season, 10%, 10.5% through May, went up to like 14.5% in the second half and also was eliciting chases outside the zone. So the trace, chase rate went way up as well. And on top of that, look at this prep. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I just see the slider usage kind of tick up. As you go. And that, those are the kinds of things I look at. Like, I look at the, the strikeout minus walk to see what that, you know, kind of top-level skill change was. I want to see if those, like, third level of skills validate those change. And, and lastly, is there a change in approach, change in pitch mix, change in velocity to also validate that as well? And, like, honestly, Cy Pavetta, as Vlad likes to, uh, likes to call him, he, yeah, one day. Um, if Rick Porcello can win a Cy Young, that's fair. anybody that's can. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Rob. So, so I see that. Yep. Ryan, you, you Rob, question here. question here. Stop talking to the mic. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? The, Bubba. Hi, Rob. Nice um, to meet you. You threw up the rolling grass for fan graphs. Um, Talk to me about how you set the threshold for a pitcher. Like, what's your sweet spot for game rolling average? I know everyone likes to look at their different things. Obviously, more stability, the longer. But we're also reacting on, like, such a hyperactive environment and fab. So, like, sometimes we may have to shrink it. So, what's your sweet spot with that? I have 15 games up here. For pitchers, I like I have more like five. Yeah. I think pitchers can just change quickly than a hitter can. Hitter, I'm looking more like 15 to 30. But uh, I just think with pitchers with changes in pitch mixes, changes in velocity, like guys can change very quickly. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that was the right answer, Rob, but all right. Uh, good question. And, and again, if anyone has questions, wants to shout stuff out, that's why we have the third mic. Yeah. Just give here. us a heads up so we can turn it on. So we're good. All right. Oh. Um, well, before, before, we do the, before we do the negative side of this, we'll give away a second baseball. Um, Fifteen. The the winner sounds very sad. Lucas, oh uh, yeah, Lucas is like it's me, it's me. I don't want one. He you know, he wins the uh, auction championship overall. He's like, what do I want a baseball with you on it for? <laughs> Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
is there is there anyone anyone in the before we go to the the faders anyone we want to talk about well, i thought it was on interesting the green side. i think it's interesting like it's those names that helped you win championships obviously but could have sang it just continue to show his improvements throughout the season because the walks went down more i think the, the walks went down more so than the strikeouts kind of went up type thing yeah That's the difference we saw you know toby's boy garrett cole is he still good just checking. Is he still good? Okay. Um, and then I, I love personally seeing Justin Steele continue to do his thing because that was one of those – that's a controversial name in fan, the fantasy world, two-pitch guy and all these things. And he continued to just get it done until, like, his last, like, start and a half that's maybe. The, so I like just didn't finish strong enough. But I still. had Justin Steele on a, on a bunch of teams, and I was surprised to see Justin Steele show up on this list because, yeah. he I mean, he fell, he fell on his ass at the end of the season. Yep. Real um, bad. Real bad. So. <laughs> that's roger bluefield that would be my uh Ryan's that would be father. my father <laughs> who can't get up so that that bode that bodes well for me 10 years from now it's okay old man i'll teach you some tricks yes second half into another quarter or so no there is i mean there is legitimately i was talking with actually rob uh DiPietro last night we were talking about uh Chris Bubich last year and you mentioned Rob the the, the uptick in velocity of Bubich in in September so even looking at again we were at, to go back we were just talking about like starting pitchers can change it'd be interesting to do a board on I don't know about just September because September is weird yeah. but maybe post August at least it's not as weird as it used to be without 40-man expansion and all that stuff so it's kind of there and and the Cubs were in contention towards the end so he wasn't just like Throwing in the towel, but yeah. competition might have been in the central, so you never know. One guy who I really did not want to see on this list for selfish reasons, Aaron Nola, is Aaron Nola. <laughs> I don't want to be back in again, but interesting rise. Um, I took a screenshot of what I posted with this last year. So one of the questions I always get with these boards is, you know, it looks great, whatever, interesting list. What what was this group like last year? Um, We'll make it a trivia question. Who was the top strikeout minus walk gainer first to second half last season? Colette. Jeff. Jeff Freeman. First time. First pitch. You got Attendee it, gets Blake Snell. Who was the top? The top strikeout minus walk oh, gainer guys. Look at last year. Yeah, yeah. He is in a Padres hat and lives in San Diego. Yeah. So. Uh, Jeff was in our foursome yesterday, so uh, great time. You almost killed me, Ryan. Yeah. I did almost run Jeff over yeah. legitimately in our, our rental minivan. Mm -hmm. I, he you was not inside the car yet. And, and the car was moving. And the car was moving. He's still with us, which is trust, good. Trust me, I understand. Um, the other leaders of this, of this strikeout minus walk, uh, gainer list from last season. So it was Blake Snell, Hunter Green, Aaron Savali, Michael Waka, Justin Verlander, Justin Steele, Zach Gallen, Carlos Rodon, <laughs> Reed Detmers, <laughs> uh, and some other. Uh, Merrill Kelly, Yu Darvis, Drew Rasmussen. So Steele and Savali were on this list too. That's back to back years. Are they slow starters now? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, just interesting to look back and like the same thing and see what what that yielded last year. Yeah, so definitely. Anyway, all right, let's go to the negative side of things. K to walk, uh, non gainers, as you'd like to say, uh, read faders, faders, stinks. They 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 tore apart your teams in the second half. Whatever you want to call them. All right, second half, you go from twelve point nine to minus two point three, which is unbelievable. Eighteen point four to four point one. I'm gonna start back here, then I'll go to you. You know, Kyle Bland. Christian Javier one. That is, oh, I hit the wrong button. No, that is not right. He's not either one of them. You know. Nope. Uh, you're gonna laugh. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna. The second so, one's uh, very surprising. So actually, a negative. A negative for the crowd means more walks than strikeouts, which over an entire half season is that's rough. Nope. Mike Carter. Nope. D. Nope. Okay. I'll, I'll give a hint. I'll give a hint. Mike Carter, I'm disappointed. It is your favorite team. I, I'm disappointed you did not get this correct. Michael Kopech. Oh. Minus two. Now, the second one, though, is very interesting because we saw him win game five or six, game five, 
Game five of the World Series. Nate Eatavaldi is the second one up there. He, ha he had that second half, the injuries, and then got the velo back, looked great, sucked us right back in for draft season. It's going to be great. It's the Eovaldi ride, Nate the Great. Would it would it be a bloom board without, without Nathan Evaldi? And right now, Eovaldi's got an ADP of 200. 200? Yeah. So. Sure you don't want to wait on drafting guys? An interesting thing with Evaldi is I don't know what his difference was last year. Um but I recall last year, like, he ended the season injured. There was a velocity dip. Signed with Texas. Spring training velocity was right back, and I was kind of back in on him, knowing, like, it wasn't going to last over a full season. I just wonder, this year, and what we saw from Nate Evaldi in the playoffs, the velocity was back. And I don't like to look at, like, playoffs, like, results in, in that much too much, but, like, I do like to look at velocity, and Evaldi... The velocity was back, so I don't. You said two hundred was his ADP. Two hundred, yeah. I mean, I'll probably be a sucker oh, I'll be, again. Who, I'll be in on that. Show of hands, two hundred, two hundred ADP. So, who would, who would, who would take the plunge? About half the crowd, close to half. Body. Yeah, because strikeout upside alone, a little more if than he half. Complete destroy your ratios. And yeah. just, I think no. And Eno says drop him halfway through the season. I mean, expect like 80, First 90 innings of a, of a good. Just, just pull the grenade. Or just first sign of velocity yeah. drop, really, because that's, that's what we've seen the last the couple of years. Is, um, is it's it it's happens, interesting so. though. Like Eovaldi had the kind of shoulder arm issues. Paxton was hurt. Kershaw, like there's a lot of injury basis on this. But like Braxton Garrett was having an amazing season, and he had like the was it the blister issue? Then it never really bounced back for him. Uh, Lance Lynn was my goodness. Horrific. What about Lance? Let's let's do let's, we really have to? Let's let's hone in. Man. Like like okay, everybody get it get a drink. This is gonna be <laughs> therapy time. Eulogy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lance Lynn was like one of our biggest misses yeah, big time. Of, of 2023. Big time. Especially when we kept biting in because we'd see a bloom board where the, the Ks were still there. Like all these signs point, God, he's just messing up, just barely messing up. And then he'd mess up even worse the next time. It's like telling your kid, I have faith that you're going to do it right next time. And then they just do it again. That was the Lance Lynn treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I thought, but I thought the Dodgers might cure him with. Their you weren't alone. Acquisition Most people and tweeted that the second he was. It traded, looked. So it looked. Okay. I mean, it looked good for like three or four starts, and then it fell apart. You know what's so. really bad? He has an ADP of two seventy seven. Two seventy seven. Two seventy seven. Lance Lynn. Anybody? One person. Brave man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a weird weird ADP right there. I'll say that much. He's going right next to Sawyer Gibson Long. Okay. What about uh, so just another name on this list, Bubba? I'm interested in your take because you were you had him on a few leagues. Taj Bradley. Yeah, I ended up dropping him after a while. It was, it was frustrating. Like I'd love to get Colette's thoughts on this. I think we talked about yeah. some some um, Rays last year. If you want to come to the mic, if you don't have to, you don't have to. But um, but as, um, he, as he rolls his eyes, but, uh, here we go. He, he came up last year. I'll talk about McClanahan with us. And yeah. Bradley was just a conundrum because the the stuff, quote unquote, was good. The control was horrific. And what do you got on Taj Bradley? Yeah, he actually could still strike out guys, but it's the fastball command is like non-existent. And when he's down in the count, he doesn't trust his other pitches to throw, and they tee off on him. Simple as that. He's got to get fat. If he gets a fastball command, he could take a nice step forward because the other stuff does look good when he has the high ground, but he gives it up quicker than Anakin did. <laughs> yep, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Sorry. Uh, I had good. to do double reference. Okay, tag team in. I'm holding the rope. <laughs> Come on, okay. Right. Thank you, Jason. All right, anybody else on the, the red side of things we want to talk about? Because it's a depressing list for sure. Like, I'm hoping that we can get a, a healthy return of Braxton Garrett. That's, that, was, that was fun for a while there. It was really fun for a while. Whenever I think of Braxton Garrett, I think of our too early, the, the Rob DiPietro oh, too early draft from last year where I set the min on – Yep. Braxton Garrett in like the 13th you, round, you, you and he was it. like a 25th rounder. You said it, and you kept it the entire time, actually. You, you, it was yours by the end, no matter what. So you were good on that one. Hey, it looked good through the first half. It looked real good. It looked real good, and then stuff happens. Um, all right, you want to go to the next bloom board? Let's do it. So that's fun. It's another fun one. Home runs per barrel. It's a, it's a good ratio because so we talk about guys that quote-unquote unlucky because you get a bunch of barrels. But don't get the – yeah, you should after earlier. You should. That's why we laughed in the back. We are like, oh, great. But, um, yeah, but there's um, – it, it's a fun stack because we, we talked about almost, what, 
two months into the season where Brian Reynolds stood out. There's a bunch of guys that stood out this season. So it'll it'll be kind of fun to see where the, the season ended, basically, on guys with home runs per barrel. So before we re- reveal things, did you have anything else to add to this? Because this is a fun – like, we, we use this one a lot. Yeah, we use this one a lot. There's a lot of nuance and context to this. So, like – and I, I say this with a lot of the boards that, that I put out that we talk about on on the podcast is this is just the start of a of a deeper dive to some of these guys and Homer to Barrel it's it's a great way to at least identify some of the over under performers and I, I, again to, I give a shout out to Toby who uh, who has who has used this as well in the past it's just a great tool so basically like the the general concept of this is skills versus result. The skill is the ability to make hard contact at a launch angle that produces power and produces good good results. And obviously your result is, did they hit a home run or, or not based off of that? And so what we wanted to look at is who's hitting the most or least uh, barrels, who's producing or not producing that skill versus who's getting or not getting those results. And so you might look at this, and uh, just to give you all like a ballpark um, – I think it's like 55% give or take yeah. homer to barrel. So basically, if you want to just do like a rule of thumb, home runs should be a barrel should be twice as many as home runs, roughly. There's a lot of again, nuance and context. Different ballparks have vastly different um, homer to barrel rates. I see Riley Green on this list for the second year in a row. A Detroit Tiger, you don't say. A Detroit Tiger, uh, Comerica, at least a center field is just death. To a barrel, the, the the number one fantasy catcher's on here, so there's room for growth. William Contreras, that's pretty good. There is, yeah, pretty good guy there. Um, and so, but so there is some there is some nuance and context to this. But I think just in general, you want to, especially in season, if you're looking at fab pickups or trades or whatever, don't look at home runs. Look at look at barrels. Look at hard contact. Look at the skills. Look at, look at the skills. And so this is a good way to at least identify like a base list. And also of, uh, to qualify, we're not saying this guarantees they're going to bounce back, but it's a way to can maybe find little diamonds in the rough at the same time or someone to buy low on type thing. Got a question from Jeff in the crowd. All right, so we have See, the that's Padre why I fan. I bring this up. This kind of <laughs> means she might still because there's probably there's deeper levels to Trent Grisham besides just home run to barrel rate. So yeah, that's a different factor. Um, if you didn't visit the Great FTN podcast before this, can you guys guess the first one on the green side? Who, <laughs> who had the worst home run to barrel ratio in all of baseball last year? Jake Crumpler. Thirty barrels. Bingo. You nailed Not it, Chapman. fellow first pitch podcast host, Jake Crumpler. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna would deep you, dive. Would you like a sticker? Or do you already have one? I think you already have one. No. Yes. Come on down. Well, I'm not walking to you. I have to talk on a show. <laughs> and the the jersey's sweet, by the way. The jersey's pretty sweet. But all right, here we go. So another nuance of context to this, and this was brought up because I think I tweeted this out sometime middle of the season or whatever. Um, so like, why does Matt Chapman have the lowest? Homer to barrel. We want to go like a little bit deeper and see uh, see why. What you're looking at on the screen here, I hope. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is uh, Matt Chapman's spray chart. Right-handed hitter. If I bring my mouse like way through straight center field, there are more opposite field barrels than there are pulled. I don't. I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's just a probably really low launch angle hard hit ball, but. Uh, he doesn't bunt, so that's not it. Yeah, he doesn't bunt. Um, a lot in the and, not Gabriel and the reason why Matt Chapman shows up on this list for barreling the ball but not getting a bunch of homers, a lot of his barrels were to the opposite field, or at least to right center. And there is a major split. Actually, I think, you know, you chimed in on this thread like during the year. There's a big split between pulled barrels and op- or even center and opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, like... And that yeah. and that's that and that's why Eno hates Tommy Pham for anyone who could not. Oh, let's let's not put that out. Let's not put that out there in the world. But no, but that but 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 at this but at the same but at the same time that's why guys like Jose Altuve, Bregman, those guys that just pull pull pull, um, they they get all the looks. Uh, Isak Paredes, dead pull hitter. That's what they like. I said Bregman, Altuve, even in that ballpark, those guys benefit because they pull most. You're not looking at their spray chart and they're going Oppo in Houston and stuff. That's a tremendous difference now. I'd imagine that's a skill to be able to pull the ball, but you know, 
it, Yanni Diaz can't figure it out consistently. So is it really a skill? I don't know. Like, how how repeatable is it? How much yeah. is it? Well, this if he is, goes uh, there, we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> Let me change this up. Hey, can you look? Can you look up twenty-one and twenty-two while you're there? This is. I switched it to Toronto, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and Toronto trains their dimensions too. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now he changed it. He changed it to, to Toronto. It was no, Yankee out was, the game. Yeah, 21 and 20. Um, that's a great question because he had more success. Well, they had that year in Oakland where he's really, really good, which is crazy. But um, All right, so we're going to pull up Chapman by year the last three years. All right, so what we're looking at, actually, this is pretty impressive. Matt Chapman the last three seasons. Yes, he had 59 barrels in 2023, which is, I forget, in the, from the FTN pod. Was that second best in major, second best barrel rate? Yeah. Uh, 48 and 46 the last two seasons. So we're going to pull up the 2022 spray chart of Matt Chapman. See what we got. I'm guessing the same problem. But we'll see. Why does it? That's a lot more pull. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. This is 2022. DVR was asking about 21 and 22. My other question, why does this... Why does this venue default to the Royals? What did Jeff Zimmerman do? Yeah, how do you have control here, Jeff? Kauffman Stadium, what's the special aspect of so this? So a very much pull hitter last season, which is, which is interesting. I'll pull up 2021. That's a great, that's a great pull, though, DVR. Yeah, dimensions, yeah. Like, like you said, dimensions don't even matter if he changes a hitter like that. And so here's 2021. This is two years ago. Um, that's Let's do a raffle while they find all this stuff. This is how you filled that air. The Bro. third ball that's being given away. Wow. Number 16. Come over here, Scott. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, while that wa raffle was happening, we just pulled up. Uh, we just pulled up pulled barrels for for Matt Chapman. You and Joe. Twenty twenty one, he had twenty pulled barrels. Twenty twenty two, he had twenty one, and then last year just fourteen. So. Um, it it is interesting that 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 pull versus oppo approach. Like, how much is that a skill versus repeatable or not? So, given that information, just throw it out to the room. How many? So hold on. How many home runs did Matt Chapman hit? Matt Chapman hit 17 home runs. Given the information that yes, Matt Chapman hit a ton of barrels, but they were not pulled, but they were the previous two years. Will Matt Chapman, assuming playing time and that sort of thing, will he hit 25 home runs in 2024? Absolutely. See, see nodding heads. Confidence. Let's, let's have right. some fun with this. Do we have any guesses on his ADP? No. 278. That's an ins I'm with you. That's a ridiculous. Like, yeah. How do you pass on Matt Chapman at 278 at a third base position? Like, so that'll be fun. That'll yeah. be fun. Keeper. <laughs> like, um, he's going like right next to Chris Bryant. Like, are we really having this discussion? Are we really having this discussion right now? <laughs> yeah. One is not like the other, as they say. So. That's the joy in this. Do you have anything else before we go to the negative side of things? I mean, to me, a couple of interesting things. And anyone who wants to, like, shout out names that uh, – Well, I know a big MJ Melendez fan back there with Kevin Hastings. MJ. You're a big Melendez fan. He's on this list, but he struggled. he's on the struggle bus most of the year, like in a big way. You're, the, you're a Royals fan. You're a Royals fan. Any, any, any thoughts of optimism? Well, the other deal is just, like, on his sprint speed, it's freaking off the charts, too. Like, no steals with, like, top yeah. 5%. Melendez. That's true. Melendez. Yeah. Like he's got the top speed, top power, and then put it together. So it might just be in the park. 
Yeah. Kaufman does take a lot of prisoners. I think those are playing Detroit. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, um, Michael Harris, uh, uh, Rob McCabe's asking about Michael Harris. Yeah, R- Michael Harris is one of the ones, and Rob McCabe, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Um, Michael Harris, to me, is fascinating. That's, that's We're going to next. Well, we'll We're talking to about some players sec. on the green side. We'll get to in a sec. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get to you in a minute, Joe. Got a question from Brendan Tuma. Well, well, we were talking about Michael Harris real quick. He was asking a question about Michael Harris. He wants us to discuss Michael Harris, he said. Um, Go ahead. Well, to me, it's it's a it's a weird profile. We t- like it took forever to get going this past season, hitting the bottom of the order. But you look at the skills, striking out less, everything else kind of lines up pretty similar for Michael Harris. And they finished the season in a boom, like in a That's big big thing. way. I bet you if he did a first half, second half split on that, things would look a whole lot better. Like I'll even pull up his just quick splits here, just for fun. Probably irrelevant for most things, but just like the generic basic fantasy stats, uh, first half, second half. Yeah, he hit. 325 in the second half, 255 in the first. Uh, power numbers. He had nine homers in both halves of the season. Powers, power's the same. So if you look at the barrels and home runs, it's the same first half, second half. Yeah, but his overall skill set improved in the second half. Tuma? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Great call. That sounds like a bloom board for later this offseason. That could be a fun one. No, that's, that seems no, like a fun that's one. kind of where we're going with the Matt Chapman example, and, I mean, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, Bryce Harper, to yeah. me, sticks out. The and, and I think, so when you say, like, take more context with some of these, with Bryce Harper, I'd like to see almost like his barrels by week. Because the big yeah. thing with Bryce Harper, as we all know, is the injury and like the narrative is he came back from Tommy John. Did he come back early and, and just DH? Um, he had 52 barrels in like a little over half season, guys. That's crazy good. That is crazy good. And I know the price. I don't know what the ADP is. Um, I guess that's like my cue. And he, and he, I know, I got you. And, he, and he's first base only this year. There's Remember not that? much of a discount. But his ADP but like, is 13. He's not getting discounted at all. Like you're pay, you're paying the Harper premium again, which he's kind of earned. Like I'm not gonna just if he's, he's healthy. He did. It's weird though. You look. I looked at his monthly stats. You're kind of wondering. He had a year a month where he hit 360 like in August, but in September October hit 230. Like <laughs> he didn't hit at all. Yeah. So it's just. Well, yeah, but what, I, what I'm saying is he finished almost worse than he started. He was good in the middle, but his last month really went down the drain compared to uh, other months of the season. So that's kind of an interesting take. Then again, he still had six homers, the most homers he had, and second most homers he had in the month. So August, he just destroyed everything. Yeah. August, he was a man on and a it, mission. It took him a while to get going, but I just I just see that like power. I, I don't think – unfortunately, the discount isn't there. But like if Bryce Harper was in the second round, man, that's, that's, an, that's a no-brainer. The last name I want to bring up just that sticks out to me is uh, – Ezekiel Tovar. <laughs> Why? <laughs> we just we just think yeah. of like a rookie who played every day, didn't do that much, but thirty four barrels for the guy, for a guy that I think has pretty decent batting average upside. Yeah, that was his run. Asset. That's what you you basically had Tovar going. Okay, he's gonna hit for an average, and when if you provided power as a plus, you know he had fifteen homers, eleven steals, hit two fifty three. But uh, you expect maybe even a little bit of a bump if things continue to, to change yeah. for Tovar. Same time, maybe that's who he is. But it's, it's an interesting one to look up. And the other thing is the park. So we all think of Coors Field as uh, a fantastic hitter's park. It is, but for home runs, it's not quite as much. So maybe some of this is, is just a factor of Coors, which kind of sounds weird to say that Coors might be like suppressing his power from a homer to barrel rate, but I, that could be something at play as well. So I don't know. All right, let's look at the negative side of things, and apparently Joe Arico has a guess. Arico looks confident back there, so let's. Uh... Did you brainstorm with the crowd? Are you good? No, no, Arico no, he's not calling me that. Arico Martinez is only That is correct. Yeah. Yep, and that goes back to the pulled, pers- pulled, pulled home runs. It all kind of correlates if you think about it. Um, the one I want to mention, and I want to know if Justin Mason has anything to say about his boy T.J. Friedel, who he's wearing jerseys of. But he had a 138.5 home run to barrel percentage. Justin Mason just left the room. If yes. you heard that, uh, that's the thing. highest one of the uh, of the season, Mr. T.J. Friedel. 
Which is interesting at, at Great American Small Park. Yeah, but it's probably why. It's exactly right. why, because yeah, exactly. of Great American Small Park. Exactly. It, that's the beauty of it. Um, so I pulled up. Yeah, it, yeah. What, so what, what uh, Jake Fraley's on there as well. Um, so we gave the we gave Matt Chapman the spray chart treatment. I just think this is like, it's freaking crazy. It's simple. Look at this damn thing. <laughs> this, are, this is in honor of Didi Gregorius, by the way, who was the opposite. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. If if the Orioles trade for Isak Paredes, we know something's very wrong in the front office. Yeah. Hey. Um, it that this is absolutely wild to me. And to bring up uh, actually what Derek suggested earlier, I'm gonna bring back. Hey, real quick for Justin Mason. Um, fifth or where was it? Thirteen of the eighteen Frito home runs were in uh, at home. Good. Throw that out there. I'm glad you still get to say Hit 291 at home, 267 on the road. Just, just. <laughs> All right. So we have the Isak Prudis. We just saw this. I just want to make sure. This is the 2023 it's, spray chart. That just socks the All ball, right? It's pretty good stuff there. Dad jokes will be here all night. Do we do we think Isak's 2022 spray chart will look similar to 23? Yes. I've never seen this yes. before. So it's we it's think pretty it much similar everywhere you look. They said he had no power Man. in Detroit. He comes over to Tampa and starts pulling it, just Yahtzee. So. And that's why the power wasn't there. Yeah. Like, but he, it was like the, almost like the Chapman. He'd hit the ball hard, but it was all over the field, so like, oh, he's got no power. Now he learned how to pull the ball. And that's kind of what we talked about in the first, the green columns, was like, can these guys learn how to pull the baseball? Well, Isak learned how to do it. Yeah. Now, again, not everybody can do it, but. Exactly. For the whole season. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um, who else on this red the red side? Anybody any names out there on the red side you're curious curious about this list? Like Cody Bellinger had an amazing season, but he definitely broke the broke the mold. Um Hal Song Kim was awesome. Came kinda came out of nowhere. That was great. We mentioned Fraley, Jose Siri, another Tampa Bay Ray on the list. Is this a thing in the water? Are they are they teaching this to the team? Justin Turner had an awesome year. Like there's some fun names that obviously we expected Bregman on the list. That was a good no-brainer. Yeah. But um, anybody else that kind of surprised you on this list? Siri, I think, for me. That was that was Just a big one. The amount of Rays. Rays and Reds. Well, Reds didn't surprise me, Reds but the amount surprise. of Rays did. Um, J.P. Crawford's even there. J.P. Crawford's there. 20 barrels for J.P. Crawford's interesting. What's Ha Seung Kim's AP right now? Ha Seung Kim, you are paying a price for last time I checked. 60 at 65. Um, 72 now, yeah, 72. So it's not as bad, but it's still definitely a bump from last year. It's one of those, like, does he continue to lead off? Is he going to be the ever get what he should? He should, but there's a lot of questions still. So I wouldn't be – like I said, he should. He really should, but we've seen dumber things. Like, I don't even know who their new manager is yet. Do we even have one yet? That could change things. Like, San Diego's got questions, but he should be the guy. Would you, pay, would you pay 72 for him? Glad says maybe. Yeah. Are you going to draft tomorrow? Oh, my bad. Gotcha. Okay. That answers that question. Sorry, stay tuned, everybody. We um, we did hear we did hear a little a bit of a in the business. A little bit of a take from from, from Rob DiPietro. Cody Bellinger. Yep. Yep. Fifty fifty seven eighty P Rob, I was saying this like in August of last year. I was like, look at the numbers and people were like, Oh no, no, he can't I'm like, and he did it. He finished the season strong. He proved me wrong. It was good. <laughs> Well, the, the 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 crazy part though for Bellinger is where does he go play next year? Also, so you're paying a premium, all the barrels, and is he, which ballpark? You obviously think he wants to sign in a hitter's ballpark. That'd be common sense, but some guys want to follow the money, which might not be a hitter's ballpark, so. which is also common sense. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like like what 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 is just some random way like Cody Bellinger? Uh, he's yeah. not going to what? What if he goes to Cincinnati? Like I'm not saying he's going to, but goodness gracious, he's probably gonna hit every barrel out of the ballpark. <laughs> like we're we're good to go again. And 57 might not might be too cheap. And that's the view again. Early drafting, Jeff. Can you hit a home run without a barrel? Yes, that's yes, what that's what these, that's what these graphs prove. And that's that's like, like TJ Friedel and all that kind of stuff. And that's a great question, Jeff. But so when you look at uh, Cody Bellinger, had 26 home runs to to 26 barrels. That does not mean every one of his barrels was a home run. That means he had some barrels that weren't home runs, and he had some home runs that weren't 
barrels. So that's a that's it's a good question. Played in Chicago where they get that wind. Sometimes yep. there's that days where you oh. get like 20 home runs that day. Yep. Everybody, a routine fly ball just yeah. gone. It's hitting the buildings. <laughs> yeah. It it just because then you'll yeah, see some like you'll watch yeah you'll watch some games you're like what is going on and just balls fly all, any any league like even a Giants fan I'd watch Giants games going that ball never used to leave the ballpark what are we doing right now this is crazy so um yeah anybody else or can we do another raffle prize do some raffles okay this raffle's not here because I need you to meet me in the morning I'm gonna it's for an F Paz T-shirt that we will get for you guys but I I need to know your size obviously that's kind of part of the deal eighteen. The floor one? Well, you the have to be eligible to win. You have to be able oh. Yeah, shake the hat. <laughs> to to Toby's way too I know, honest I keep back doing then. this, and it's like. Toby, you could have like, easily played that, that off like, as, a, as a win. Okay, nine. Are you serious? What? <laughs> it's like a, it's like the, an Oz mentalist trick. Look at it. You want to swim? Okay, meet me in the morning. I'll buy you a shirt. Look at look at that. One raffle ticket, two victories. I'm like on the top of the charts. That's the that's the that's the that's the two not too many home runs for not enough barrels right there. Should be like DVR. Contest, you're not even in. All right. Any other questions? Um, for you could be FPAS, could be the Bloom Boards for 2023, 2024. This is an open forum for the FPAS people. Don't be shy. You can either shout it out from there or you can come to the mic if you like. The mic's probably a better call if you can make it up here. But uh, just gonna throw it out there. Yes! Here we go! Eno Saris, how are we doing? I just, I want you to talk about Alex Bregman. He's, if he's always on this list, do you just, you're just like, okay, it's fine. He's always gonna be on this list. That's how I am. I just learned to accept. As it. long as he's in Houston. Yeah. As long as that's why that's why he's on the list. The Crawford totally, boxes. Totally aiming for that. Yeah. That's what you just go I for. Think. The second he leaves Houston, you fall far, far away from Alex Bregman. Um, what What I will say. Also, is I quick, love the Bloomborns and I love your format and I love it. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> but what 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 I what I am gonna say is Bregman's got an ADP of 103. That's the weird thing. Like. In years, in years, in years, in years, yeah. In years past, we had to like pay a second or third round Bregman price. Now you're getting kind of that little bit of a, a discount Bregman price, which makes it a little more interesting. Toby, you had something back there? Uh, I was just gonna say He's looking up stats on his phone. We're in trouble. I think it's incorrect that Bregman hits more home runs at home. I think he hits a lot of them on the road as well. Interesting. But they're still pulled, I'm assuming. He's, he's got he's at 11 at home, 14 on the road. You are correct. Yeah, he's the OG Paredes. Yep. Leave it to Toby to make us look dumb again. Thank oh, you. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love you. Vlad Sedler, what do you got? Question for my uh, Giants fan oh, here. Oh, Jesus. Podcast here we is go. Over. It's a fair one. Okay. You guys have a lot of money to spend. Oh, God. Which big free agent are you guys going to make a splash on? We need more than one player. Like I want to see like Jordan Montgomery and another pitcher. Like give me a couple. We need pitching depth, not guys that need four innings. Like all these openers, like they need depth. But they also need a couple like stable guys. You can't platoon your whole lineup every time. It's obvious. I wasn't a Kapler guy, but you can't blame Kapler if they gave him garbage to work with. So to your question, Jomo is one of my top prices because I don't want to spend a fortune on everybody. I want to get like five pieces. I honestly haven't looked at all the other free agents, but. Um, Bellinger would not be one, no. Mm -hmm. I know that's like kind of the angle everyone wants me to say, but I, I'm not a believer still to this day uh, in the consistency of Bellinger. But they need um, – that's not happening. That's the problem. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. You're a fan. I'm a realist. No, it's good. But um, I think um, – I forget the, the Japanese pitcher, though. That's Yamamoto. That, that's a name that actually is on the, on the radar. So I think that's interesting. But it, they need so many things. It's not pretty. It's not good. We're not the Dodgers. You guys are like still very close. Just if, if you ever stayed healthy, you just crush everybody. The the Giants just they need everything. What's up? Why don't you back on the mic? <laughs> I was gonna say judge, but I. I, I was gonna say everybody. <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions from the crowd here at First Pitch Arizona 2023? Before uh, our grand raffle. Yeah, we're gonna give a grand raffle, and then we'll have our final thoughts as usual. But nothing else from you guys. Yes, Scott. Best format of the Oh, jeez. What pitcher in today's game is going to be a Hall of Famer? 
So there's some background to this question. Scott, Scott's a loyal listener to the show. A couple of weeks ago, there was some, we were doing our catcher review, and it was I was calling out a tweet from uh, Todd Zola. Actually, made a good point. It was, we were talking about catchers and playing time. Or, Todd had some stat that like I think Adley Rutschman had the most played appearances. Don't quote me on this since since Ted Simmons in 1972. And I said, uh, who the hell is Ted Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, it was great. And, but then he got and, chastised. And for not it. to be not to be ageist, but the olds came after me. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was great. Show of hands in this room. How many people have heard of Ted Simmons? Let's see. Okay, I, I, I can say this. Honestly. Everyone pretty much has gray hair that has heard of Ted Simmons in this room. I can say these things. <laughs> it might be 50-50, man. Yeah, it's pretty close. I, that's awesome. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he was. Yeah, I mean, I would expect old man Bubba at 40 to, to know him. but Got to bring it back. Got to bring it back. Yeah, it was just. It's, it's it's the it's the beauty of like live podcasting. You see a name, and I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah. And then, and then you watch, he's a hall of you fame. You watch catcher. the live feed as we're doing. I see his face, and it's just it's glorious. Um, any other questions, Rob? Uh, that's a great question, Rob. Um, I would say Bubba so. It's brings nothing to the table. No, Bubba. <laughs> Bubba brings Bubba brings the enthusiasm, the the sometimes alcohol, <laughs> and the. Hey, I'm not alone on this one. Hell, hello. And the and the marketing component there to the go. podcast. Yeah. Um, we are uh, now. It's been fun. We started this podcast. This, what this was a little dream, over this a year was dreamed ago. up my first time here three years ago. We kind of sat down at breakfast and yep. thought about this, and it kind of started there. It's been two years strong now, so it's yep. been, or two and a half years now. It's been great. We're both on the West Coast. We both have little kids, kids so, so it's, it's so like the, the cadence. Every Thursday night, we uh, like eight thirty or nine, sometimes later. We're a little tired from long days and whatnot, but uh, it's just part of our routine, and I've freaking enjoyed. It. I I think as the numbers guy versus the enthusiasm guy. Uh, I think we work pretty well together. So yeah, it's like you, you, it's funny you say that because we were joking earlier. I'm like, it's like you just the, the doofus in the brain, it's like Pinky in the brain, it's like Bubba in the brain thing. It, we, I literally said that earlier, like it's Bubba in the brain, and um, because like Ryan, I can literally just give him an idea, and like five minutes later, I have a bloom board on my phone. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't even probably don't use Excel these days. And this guy, I like, just boom, boom. boom. I, it's like the old joke I have with Toby, like I'm the caveman, he's the projections monster, like. I I can play fantasy baseball. I enjoy it. I can analyze. It, I can figure it out. He, they can put it to make it look good for y'all, we, and we, that's that's the fun of it all. We do so. some tutoring before the show. Yeah, sometimes. that's part of the half an hour pep talk. It's like Bubba, this is what this stands for, and then I make sure the years are right, and it's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> do, do a lot of that stuff. <laughs> no, as you can tell, we get along. It's, it, it's a lot of fun. Any other questions? All right. Last raffle prize, I'll let you pick one since I've been picking all the same numbers. It's an right. autographed copy of Ron Chandler's new book, The Fantasy Expert. And this is from, uh, just a quick shout out to Ron. He donated this to us to give out to yeah. the to We the offered group, to so. pay for it, and he said, no, I got you guys. So, so shout out to Ron for doing it. And and honestly, my um, both of us have read, and if anyone in this room has not read Fantasyland. It's the best book. Like, uh, by oh. Sam Walker. It, it got me into fantasy baseball in... I was playing fantasy baseball before that, but got me into like wanting to be a part of this industry back in, I don't know, I think I read it like 2008, 2009. That got me hooked. That, I would say that is prerequisite material to this, uh, to Ron's book, Fantasy Expert. And uh, honestly, just to be able to like go from that to being here to having Ron give, a, give us this book and to give out you guys is pretty cool. So shout out to Ron for everything he's done and for this, uh, for this book too. Picking them. The last two digits for a free book. 
What do I do? I'm not the, the marketing two, The guy. last two digits. See, see this is okay. where he picks me up. Okay, it's but the last 38. two numbers. You're 38. The, 38. You're the numbers guy. It's the last two numbers. 38. <laughs> 38. You're one of the last people in here. Oh, my God. It's me. No. Sit down. <laughs> okay, you got to be present to win. Going once. Going twice. Next. 31. Vlad Sedler, you already bought one earlier. Hell yeah, man. Wait a second. Oh, here we go. I purchased a Ron Chandler book on the Fantasy Expert. So I'm going to pay it forward. But you have to guess my favorite non-Dodger. And you have to not have already had this book. Who's my favorite non-Dodger? The book is yours. I heard Corey Seager. Thank you, Vlad Sadler. That's a beautiful thing. Miles My, Nelson is yep. the ultimate winner. Miles Nelson. Miles Nelson wins for working with Nick Pollock. He wins a book. Miles Nelson's living the best life. It's a great time there. Um, Bloomfield. Any final thoughts? As our second edition in FPAS is in the books. Another fun time here. Great crowd. It's like the golf tournament got bigger again this year. So. Yep. Um, no, just if anyone, I mean, obviously everyone in the room here, I, I, I presume had a good time. Anyone listening, like, come on out here next year. It is such a, you probably listen to the electricity in the room. And this is just like one part of four days almost now, uh, as we expand the program as, as Ray and Brent, um, expand this thing out. And so, uh, we'd love to have as many of you listeners out here as possible, uh, next year. So, um. About all I got. As always, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for listening. For if you normal podcast, we'll be back next week. We'll be back. But uh, for everybody here in FPAS, thanks again. This is Bubba and the Bloom, episode thank you guys. eighty-one. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>